Hey, comedy fans, welcome to another episode of the Comedy at the Carlson cast. I'm your host, my name is Vinny, and joining me today in studio, it's Sarah Colonna. Today's episode and every episode is brought to you, as always, by Comedy at the Carlson, where the preliminary round of the Funniest Person in Rochester contest is kicking off July 5th through the 9th. For tickets, visit carlsoncomedy.com. And now, let's kick it over to the studio and talk with Sarah. Welcome back, everyone. I want to introduce my guest today. You may know her from her Comedy Central special, I Can't Feel My Legs, or her outstanding performances on hit shows like Insatiable, Shameless, and, of course, Chelsea Lately. You can check out her podcast, Are You My Podcast, with Mary Radzinski, who coincidentally will be here this weekend with Sarah. It's Sarah Kalana. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? I'm really well. Yeah? It's... uh. Really nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. Thank yeah. you for coming out today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, welcome to Rochester. Thank is you. Is this uh, your first time in our fair city? It is my first time, and I was really excited to come. I, first of all, I've heard only like great things about this club. Okay. Um, I have some from Chris Frangiola, who maybe, yeah. Big fan of Chris. Yeah, he and I uh, have known each other for well over 20 years. We used to wait tables together. We worked on Chelsea Lately together, so... We've known each other forever. You guys waited tables together? We waited tables together, yeah. yeah. What restaurant? Mirabelle Restaurant on Sunset, and it is now not there. I don't know what it is now, uh, but yeah, and uh, that was gone, I don't know, in my in my early 20s. <laughs> really? So- yeah, so I knew him going in when we worked, and then we ended up working together on Chelsea, which was crazy. Did when you saw each other, you were like, wait a second. Yeah. Well, we knew, I mean, we were, we were still friends. We had like, he was, sure. yeah. So I knew he knew when I got hired. I knew when he got hired. <laughs> Once you've been in the trenches with someone in like a industry, like hospitality yep. and things like that, you know, it creates a bond. It does. Yes. Waiting tables together, uh, you know, the late nights going out afterwards, all, you know, all those things oh, that yeah. creates definitely especially in a place like los angeles where everyone's kind of trying to do something else sure and yeah we bonded <laughs> yeah los angeles is a very very small town in the fact that everyone there is trying to do something else and has tried to involve everyone that they've met in what they're doing separately apart from what they're currently doing at 100 percent, yeah okay everyone's got their <laughs> irons and a lot of fires if everybody followed what i just said i don't even know if i did <laughs> i did okay okay all right fair enough so I got to say, I'm reading up on you this week because I'm familiar with you. I've seen your uh, stand-up before. Mm-hmm. Of course, I've seen you on Chelsea lately. But I didn't realize that you were were born in Germany by way of Arkansas. <laughs> now you're in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. I was born in Germany. I don't really remember it. I was only there a couple of years. My dad was in the Air Force at the time. Okay. So it was a military base. And then we went to Florida from there, Texas from there, I think. D, D, right outside of DC, no, before Texas. And then when my parents split up, I was only five. So I'd already been to all those places. Um, and then I was in Arkansas from then on until 21 and then moved out to Los Angeles. Now, Arkansas could do a lot of things to people. Yeah, sure can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when people say the word Arkansas, it's very polarizing. Yeah. You know, a lot of people really, really love it and they really, really stick up for it. And then a lot of people have strong feelings the other way. Towards yeah. It. And I don't feel like there's a lot of informed opinions on Arkansas for people who are outsiders. That's a good that's a good point. It's beautiful. Arkansas is beautiful. I, I love that state. I'm it's it's 
it's the Ozarks. It's just, it's gorgeous. And I grew up in a town called Farmington, which nobody's heard of, but okay. it's right outside of Fayetteville, which is where the University of Arkansas is. Arkansas Razorbacks, people have probably at least heard. Um, so that area is just, it's gorgeous. There's a, and then Bentonville, it's, it's all Walmart money in this area called Bentonville. So okay. there's, it's really built up around that area now too. Like, okay. like I've never seen, I was just there in March and I almost couldn't believe just, museums and restaurants and just all the things that it's built up around there would you say that bentonville is nicer than a walmart oh yeah yeah bentonville's okay. nicer than a walmart okay. yeah just barely <laughs> okay fair enough now growing up in arkansas the way that you did mm -hmm. where were you first exposed to stand-up did you want to be a stand-up when you were young what did you want to do yeah i always did i always wanted to do stand-up acting writing like i always was interested in in entertainment business and but i wasn't really I, I honestly, there was no stand-up clubs around me when I went to college. I studied uh, theater, but there were no, in, even in Fayetteville at the time, and there's still not really a proper comedy club in that area. Um, there is one now outside of, in Lowell, Arkansas, which oh. is a great place. But um, they, Who books it? Uh, <laughs> <Just> I know. <laughs> Bill, his name is. Um, Walton? Yeah. <laughs> Bud Walton, no. Okay. Um, so I, yeah. What was I talking about? Oh, to comedy clubs. Yeah, I I didn't really get exposed to actually doing it until I moved to Los Angeles. It was sort of, I always wanted to do it, but I never had gotten on stage. So it was almost this ignorance is bliss thing as far as moving out to LA and doing starting stand up there, which is a weird place to start stand up. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like that's a place where like the the big fish in the small ponds go to be small fish again. Yeah. It's just a very, it's like going around doing open mics and I mean, all the things that you normally do trying to start stand up, but it's in just such a spread out it's Los Angeles. It's like, yeah. you're just sort of walking around trying to figure it out. I mean, <laughs> It's a lot harder than New York because it is so spread out in yeah. New York. Like everybody kind of has an idea of you know the next show starts in five minutes two blocks from here yeah i think new york is a, it's more of a community for stand-up yeah. and los angeles is kind of like fend for yourself okay yeah but you build your own community with people like chris and you know natasha Legero and chelsea handler i mean i met all those people doing stand-up when i was in my early 20s so yeah, yeah i kind of build your own tell the rolodex yeah yeah tell yeah. the rolodex yeah <laughs> So uh, I'm glad to have you here. You've toured all over the world. Um, one of the things I saw that you did, which is always interesting to me, is you did a special for the BBC. Yeah. That's wild to me because I always wonder how stand-up, American stand-up translates to other countries. You know, that was my, I was not sure how it was going to go. It was, um, it was, I was booked to do it and it was, I remember the best advice I got when I got to London was okay. this guy said, we were, we were sitting at a pub and I was telling him that I was there for, for, to do stand up and then I was doing a special. I was just like this, you know, person. He said, just don't forget that you have an accent to us. So don't talk too fast. He, he was like, basically, if you talk too fast, we're not going to. It's almost like when, a you know, someone with an English accent talks a little too fast. I was like, really? We're all speaking the same. Like, he was like, trust me. So just slow down, take your time and don't. Uh, just forget that you haven't, you don't forget you have an accent to us. And I was like, okay, that's a good point. And advice noted. And it, it went great. They have a very dry sense of humor mm -hmm. and very sarcastic. So my humor went over well there for me. Luckily. That's great. Yeah. Because that's like a dream. I love British stand up. I always have. Yeah. Like I've always had a soft spot for it, but I've never felt that it translates super well the other way. Mm -hmm. 
Like, Luckily, it did. Yeah, because yeah, their stuff feels very ex- obviously exotic because they have the accent to me. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, maybe I was exotic to them. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not exotic would be the word they would use for me. Yeah. If you want to check that out, it's called the world stand up. So you could uh, find that online. It's pretty interesting. Now, I have to ask you this question, because as I do research on people, I always try to go deep. And who is your great uncle? Jerry Colonna. Jerry Colonna. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, uh, he traveled with Bob Hope and he did. uh, He was on all those. If you are into old comedies, he did all those like Road to Singapore, Road to Hong Kong, all those old movies. Okay, so that's your uncle. Yes, I never met him. Uh, he was living in California when I was uh, when I was young. Obviously, my sister did. I think meet him once, but um, yeah. And then when I by the time I moved out, he had, he had passed. But um, I never got to meet him. But I love watching his old movies. He had this big mustache, yeah. and yeah, he did all the USO tours, and he had his own show for a bit. And he was the voice of like, the March Hare in, in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. Now it was really wild when I saw that because I felt like. Maybe the internet was lying there and just connected <laughs> you to, so I wasn't a hundred percent sure. On no, that. yeah, yeah, we were related. We great uncle. So did that influence you at all? Like as a child, like to know that you had a great uncle who made it in Hollywood. I don't think that I even really understood it at the time, to be honest. Uh-huh. But then as I got older, I really appreciated it and thought it was really cool. I would watch all his movies and you know and did all my research on him and and I love when a lot of people it gets brought up a lot actually. His okay. name has really stuck around for a long time, which is cool. Well. You know, when you're touring around with Bob Hope. Yeah, I know. You did something right. Like you're I know. at the, the top of the food chain in the stand-up world and the comedy world just in general. So you're in LA, you're doing stand-up. Yeah. How did uh you transition into uh doing more acting stuff? Did uh people reach out to you via stand-up or were you going out on auditions? How did I, that work for you? I was doing both. I was I was doing both. I was focused on both. I was um auditioning, I was, you know, and I think actually stand-up in at that when i first started it and and when i started to get good at it which mm-hmm. takes a while <laughs> uh, was not good at it at first admittedly um but when i when i started to know what i was doing i think that doing stand up actually kind of helped set you apart a little bit mm-hmm. from the masses cuz everyone's going on an audition everyone's you know it's like it's just a, a shot in the dark at that point but when you're doing something like stand up and you're making kind of your own lane mm-hmm. um people can it's tricky they don't necessarily look look at you as an actor even though a lot of comedians mm-hmm. are great actors but you so you sort of had to fight your way through that stuff but to me it was making my own lane a little bit so that okay a recognizable name oh i've seen her perform oh i've seen clips of her okay let's bring her in for this audition things like that so it actually one kind of was like feeding the other uh, that's the dream right yeah it definitely when is I your mean, hard work is paying off in one area for another that's amazing yeah and like all the time i was on chelsea you couldn't really um you know i was a full-time writer on the show and then also on the round table so you couldn't really go out and auditions and stuff like that which yeah. you know no complaints i had a, a great Gainful job yeah yeah <laughs> uh but so also when, the dream yeah within that show ended it was it was kind of a nice transition or launching pad that you were able okay now she's available to do other stuff and you know for all the for all the comedians that were on that show so yeah yeah now when how do i put this when you're acting versus stand-up yeah there's a 
the way I always think of it in my head is like when you're when you're acting, you're pretending to be someone else. So you're making yourself into someone else. You're creating a character. When you're on stand up, you're pretending to be yourself right. in a character <laughs> that you've created. Yeah. Which is harder? Um, I think both are hard, but in their own way. Right. Because on in stand up, you have nobody to um direct you you have nobody to blame if something doesn't go well you have nobody i didn't write you can't say i didn't write it because he did um so it's a different challenge but in the best way because you're on stage and you're getting instant feedback right and yeah. so when you're acting it's it's just bizarre because you don't you know you don't see the finished product in front of you you don't right. you have to just trust that the people around you and the director and you and are all making the right decisions and you know what you're doing but you do get more chances you can fix it right if something if a scene doesn't go the way you want it or there's different takes and all that stuff whereas on on stage it is you don't get a take two. You don't get a take two. Yeah, until you nine o'clock. Yeah, you get to just go. Uh, let me just back out of this one and, <laughs> and figure it out. So let me remind everybody right now: the tickets are on sale to see Sarah this weekend at CarlsonComedy.com. You get them right now if you want to jump on there, scoop them up. It's going to be a fun weekend. Your podcast partner Mary Radzinski is going to be performing with you. Yeah, she's from this area. Is she? Where's yeah. she from? Al Albion. Out. Al it sounds Todd, right. Todd said it, and I and Todd told me, and I and for some reason I'm like, how do I not know where she's from? But she always just said, how does Todd know that? I don't know. He just he's a smart guy. He knows everything. Oh, Todd knows everything. He might. Um, yeah. He just might. <laughs> yeah. I just knew she was from this area. So then when I asked, I said, you want to do, uh, you know, the do you want to do it because you're you're from here you can see you know so and she was actually kind of already up here so she was excited too. yeah she lives in philly now i met her at the helium comedy club down there very nice yeah. so you do the show from la together we do it um just yeah oh, we yeah yeah, um, yeah philly to la philly to la yeah we do uh we do the the old you know zoom riverside whatever it is but very cool mm. so uh, you can check out that podcast by the way folks it's called are you my podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold Make sure you check that out. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Now, April Macy does this show a lot. And I'm bringing up April because she always gives me grief. I love her. I do, too. She always gives me grief because she always brings it up every time we just end up talking afterwards about how comics, uh, comedy clubs don't book women enough. Yeah. And then I started watching interviews with you. And I got to tell you something. I was really kind of annoyed watching interviews with you. Because all anybody wants to talk to you about is your husband. <laughs> I know. That's got to be maddening. You know what? It's funny because so he plays football, obviously. He's as, a punter. Who yeah. Cares? Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually don't. I don't mind it. I don't. I like talking about it. I find it. I do talk about it on stage. I talk. I have some stories about, uh, you know, uh, one time when he was injured, which isn't isn't funny, but I make it funny because okay. uh, I tell my story, you know, and I, I have. I it's my it's part of my life. So I'm kind of but, you know, I mean, obviously when I'm trying to sell tickets, I'm like, can we make sure we talk about something that people will know that they're coming to see me do comedy, not see someone. If you want to know about her husband, buy a ticket, come see the show. Yeah, exactly. You'll hear all about it. Um, But, you know, it's it's I didn't get married till I was 40. So it's kind of it's I like having that subject in my life like i like that we can you know people ask he he says the same thing he's like well when i get interviewed <laughs> like people always want to say what your wife's a comedian right because it's different for them like they're used to talking to sure. sport talking sports so it's like 
I think people get excited to kind of mix it up. Um, but yeah, there's been times where I'm like, all right, now we got to at least talk about the shows. We can talk about John all you want, but you at least got to plug my shows. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's all we're talking about, John. I just want to point out that I had to point out we're not talking about him. I How like, do you like it. that. Yes, that's, there you uh, go. Some. He's a handsome fella. You can Google him. Inception levels nonsense. That I'm pulling out <laughs> to show folks. So you've written two books. Yes. What made you want to write a book? I mean, I get acting. I get stand up. Yeah. Like, these are performing arts. What made you uh, turn your focus to the literary world? You know, it's funny because the the so the my book agent he had called me back when I was on Chelsea lately. He sent me an email and he said, you know, I watched the show. I find you to be very funny. I like your your voice, uh, you know, I meaning my inside voice, I guess, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and he was like, I, you, you've got to have a book in you. Right. And I said, I've always wanted to write a book. I have, I've always liked writing and mm -hmm. I really, really like reading. Um, I was intimidated to write a book because I felt why would somebody, you know, he said, you, you can just tell stories about your life. I'm like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not nine. I'm not Carol Burnett. Like there's no, I don't have a memoir, <laughs> sure. you know, uh, I don't I'll like, never forget when yeah. red skeleton came in yeah. and gave me this great soliloquy of advice. Yeah. And he said, no, you don't think of it that way. Think of basically, he said, you like to read. Right. And I said, yes. And he's like, do you pick up books from people you don't know? And I said, of course I do all the time. And he's like, there you go. It's not, it's not about who you are or whether or not, you know, it's about what you're, what the material is and what you're going to write. And, um, and then it was a bestseller. So I hit number five on the bestseller list with my first one. So, wow. Yeah. So, uh, it, and then that got me to be able to write a second one, which was really cool. <laughs> so well, when you do a book, right, I don't even know. Do they tell you what, like, here's what good would be. Here's what the ex expectation is. No, that's, I, that's the, that was the most intimidating part. I mean, there were definitely times during my first one that I would be, have my computer open and then I would just go sit on the couch and drink wine and be afraid <laughs> to go oh, to no. it, you know? And then, um, uh, but it turns out drinking wine and writing books actually goes well together. So it's okay. But I, I was going to write that down. Yeah. It was the first one was, it was different because the first book that I did, I worked with an editor who wanted to go back and forth. So every chapter he would give me notes and then I would go back and then I would start on the next chapter and he would. Get, so we went through it together. The second one, she worked very differently and she wanted me to just write the book and then she was going to edit it. And I thought, what, like, how does, so I don't even know I'm getting no feedback basically. Right. Like we're wow. talking about stand up, getting no feedback. You're riding blind. Just right. Yeah. That's what it felt like. But I actually ended up liking that process better. Well, I can imagine because when someone is editing you after every chapter, maybe a little bit of their voice sneaks in. It's more not even, I don't even know if it's their voice. It's just more there. It's like stop and go. Whereas with, with the second one, I was just able to, to sort of flow. Right. And I would be like, okay, well this, what makes sense to me is this would be the next story and you know, or this would be the next story. Yeah. Um, and if there was something in there not working at the end, then they would tell me. Right. So that's fine. And then I could just replace it with something else or chop it down or it also doesn't it up. inhede your progress. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it that way. That's for sure. All right. Yeah. You're going to do another one. Number three I am coming? actually. Yeah. All I right. just, I, we just talked about it today. So well this morning. So, uh, in an email. So hopefully, um, I feel like I, for the first one I wrote mostly stories kind of about like moving to California and, and growing up and just like a bunch of different stories. And then the second one was mostly about being single in my thirties, um, and being happy about it. 
because nobody seemed to believe me. It's, um, it's kind of a hot take. Yeah. It's like, I mean, no, I felt like everyone at every corner, I, I wrote this, I wrote this chapter about going on vacation by myself and people thought it was like sad. And I was like, I'm having, this is, this is what I like. I like being by myself. Now I met my husband while I was writing the book. So we started dating and he ended up the final chapter basically. And I was just like, we'll see how it goes. And I have a lot of people who tell me they read the book and then they go on my Instagram to make sure that we made it and uh, are still together, which we are. So the next book will probably be about getting married at 40 and also enjoying that. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, folks, Sarah Colonna, you can see her for four shows this weekend here at Comedy at the Carlson. Again, the tickets are available now, carlsoncomedy.com. And for all things Sarah, you could follow her on Instagram at Sarah Colonna. And also- Sarah Colonna one. There's a one at the end of it because someone got there before me. I, my fat tongue keeps messing up your last it's name. It's okay. I, I, I got it. All right. You're not the first person to mess it up and you're not, it's not that bad. I've heard, I, one time I was introduced as Sarah Cabana. Oh. which isn't even close. So I've seen her act. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, it's a good stage name, by the way. I should have gone with it. Uh, it's not. <laughs> it's really not. Sarah no, Cabana. No. Uh, I'm not going to play any uh, old 80s songs either. I'm going to play <laughs> my uh, Kalana. Uh, my Kalona. My Kalona. One of these days I'll get your name right. Don't worry about I it. I promise I will. And my camera died. I love when that happens. You know, we spent a lot of time putting the studio together. And then my camera freezes. And then your camera freezes. That's so, always uh, fun. Make sure you check out Are You My Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, Sarah, thank you so much. Keeping out for a third book. And uh, get your tickets now. Rochester, we will see you at the show this weekend. Uh, funniest Person in Rochester contest is coming up. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And uh, until next time, we will see you at the show. Thank you for being awesome and watching another episode of the Carlson Cast. Don't forget we're streaming live on Facebook and YouTube every Friday morning. You could also follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at CarlsonCast. You can listen anytime on iTunes, Google Play, and we're now available on Spotify. You should also check out an amazing app called Laughable. And on the Laughable app, you can connect to your favorite comedians in a way you never thought you could before. Download it in the App Store and visit carlsoncast.com for information on more shows. And don't be a jerk. Rate and review.